Don't you think I'm psycho, Mom? You can pour me a cup If you think I'm psycho, Mom Better let them lock me up Hello, welcome to Holler Kings with me, Craig, and me, Adam. Oh, there you go. That's a that's our uh, very remarkable sign-in. Yes, spent a lot of money on it. Quality. <laughs> yes, our PR people. We are currently drinking sweet tea that my mother made for the Thanksgiving holiday, and I took home with me. So we are drinking the elixir of the South. Keep that southern draw, baby. Absolutely. So yes, Holler Kings is going to be our sister podcast to the Half-Ass Horrorcast. I guess it will be Half-Ass Horrorcast presents Holler Kings. And the idea is, as Southerners, we are going to zero in on Southern... Southern... We are going to zero in... (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) ...on Southern themes in horror. So these are going to be shot in the South or taking place in the South or occupied by Southerners, both behind the camera and in front of the camera. And maybe at some point, do it long enough, we, it just might need to have South in the title. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Southland Tells, next on the Holler Kings. Yeah, you know, I think this is kind of an underexposed thing in podcasting and horror in general. Is We don't really talk that much about uh, Southern tropes and... Uh, horror that takes place in the south i think it kind of gets glossed over even though in a lot of ways it's its own little subgenre right where yeah. hillbillies uh terrorize city slickers that's like a trope uh, that's in so many movies texas chainsaw massacre and wrong turn and that sort of thing um and deliverance for instance i think that kind of kicked it off in a lot of ways yeah you definitely don't want to go into the woods that, according that's, to hollywood yes yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you're you're gonna come up against some uh, really bad shit at that point. Yes. So, real quick, you know, kind of introduce Adam a little bit. If you are a frequent listener, you'll know that he was on our Black Christmas special a couple years ago, where we reviewed uh, the original Black Christmas from the '70s as well as the 2006 remake. The highly underrated remake. <laughs> yes, which Adam was a champion <laughs> of the remake, uh, and he also helped us out out a lot with the Halloween three screening. And was on the podcast where we discussed that as well. And he's been a frequent writer for the website in the past. Briefly, if it's okay with you, I wanted to uh, tell the listeners how we met. I think it's interesting and a unique angle for a friendship. Yeah. We can do that. I've talked way too much already. Oh, your voice is like silk, sir. I love it. it. Coated with that sweet tea, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, we basically met where we used to work. I don't know if you've ever talked about it. I haven't really. That's it's going to be a little bit of a revelation on, yeah. on the show, I yeah. think. I don't think I've up front mentioned it, maybe passingly. Right. Uh, at one point, I'd say probably completely out of the character for the both of us, we were correction officers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we met there. I, uh, I actually specifically, I think I remember the pinpoint when we kind of was like oh cool there's something here (laughs) really i was again not i don't recommend this but being up in uh i was working the tower one night and had on a i think it was gremlins 2 
and you came in and was like, oh, you you know this movie? I think right. you were kind of surprised by it. For, for, for a layperson, the tower is where, in a corrections facility, right, the cell block, the tower is where uh, someone, like an officer, is remote controlling the doors and allowing people in and out of the facility. And Adam often, in certain units, was the uh, unit control officer. So you were operating the doors, and you have the privilege, because you're alone in there, to watch a movie, perhaps. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how kosher that was by it regulations. Was, it was not recommended, <laughs> but I don't recommend it to anybody yeah. out there. Well, it, we were doing this at like, we were overnight shift, by the way. So yeah, this was we're after talking lockdown. Like, yeah, this is like three in the morning when theoretically all the uh, inmates are asleep or at least in their cells. Right. So it's not like, you know. Yeah, and when the, one of those things where I'm just like, you know, watching some brand new movie I haven't seen, just completely focused. I would just put something on in the background just to have on. Yeah. While, just to keep, you know, because worse than watching a movie is falling asleep Absolutely. in a yeah, tower yeah. where there's nothing going on. So I would just put one on in the background, just kind of watching cameras and stuff. And But yeah, you came up. I don't remember what. I mean, there's no... I may have been coming to relieve you, technically, Maybe. to sit yeah. in there for a minute while you, you know. Yeah, and i pretty sure it was Gremlins 2 I had on. <laughs> and you were just kind of shocked that I knew that movie. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where uh, Friendship was born. You are like, oh, and then we you know, started talking movies after that. Yeah. And especially the focus on horror, um, I think, kind of just drew that friendship together. Uh, yeah, because, I mean... Even though horror is much more mainstream, I, I do think there is a tendency to be a little in the closet about it at your job. Like, I, I don't think very many people are front street about being a huge horror fan and everything. So it is always kind of like a secret society when you realize yeah. someone is like truly into horror and everything. And you're, you're a huge cinephile just in general. You've seen a lot of movies and big fan <laughs> of cinema. I, so. I don't do anything else well, but yeah. <laughs> same yeah, here, it, same Especially, because we, I mean... Now, you look at anything now as far as, like, uh, what would be considered nerd culture. Yeah. Back when, I mean, we're we're both a little older, so mm. back when we were growing up, that was not cool. Like, now it's all cool. Superhero movies, right. horror movies, all that stuff is great. But growing up when we did, nah, that stuff wasn't cool. So when you find someone that is a true horror fan like you – that you can kind of, you know, just have that camaraderie about. It's you don't get that a lot. So yeah, I think that that forms a very unique bond. It's almost like, almost like being in the military together in a weird way. You know what I mean, sort yeah. of. But yeah, like for years we we've kind of talked about movies and gone back and forth, and you've done stuff for Half Ass Horrorcast. But then you moved like a like a subdivision over from me. Right. Yeah. We're, I think it took me. Two minutes to get. Yeah, over you here. got you got here a little early because I guess you were like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah. this takes like a minute and a half to get yeah. here now. So yeah, I was like, "Oh, it's." I was like, "Oh man, it's already, you know, ten twenty. I better hurry up and get over there." And I'm like, "Oh, it's ten twenty two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, with, with you being so close by, it felt like this. This would be crazy for us not to try to do some kind of podcast or creative thing together. Now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty. Oh, shit. What is the first movie we have selected for Holler Kings? Well, Craig, yes. we have selected uh, the movie Tennessee Gothic. Howdy, folks. I'm Paul Taggart. 
down in lovely Viola, Tennessee, making a little movie called Tennessee Gothic. It's a heartwarming tale of an old witted man, that's me, this strapping young man child of a son, and a sprightly little gal who enters their lives and, well, everything kind of hits the fan. Got a great cast, top notch crew. So when Tennessee Gothic comes to Multiplex near you, we hope you'll gather your friends and family. Buy yourselves a whole bunch of popcorn, put a whole lot of butter on it. Sit back and enjoy Tennessee Gothic. Which uh, was shot somewhere in, here in Tennessee. Pretty sure of Tennessee filmmaker. I'm not positive. I, I think he lives in Tennessee. I don't know if he's initially originally from Tennessee. But mm. yeah. It's be like Jeff Wedding That's is the, uh, the director and writer. He adapted it from the, was it American Gothic? Yeah. It's called American Gothic by, hold on. Ray Russell. You are correct. Boom. And who is Ray Russell? A writer. He is a writer. <laughs> he was uh, the uh, editor, fiction editor for Playboy back in the day. Oh, okay. So he, and we're talking back in the day because right. he helped the careers of guys like Ray Bradbury, for instance, oh, like getting yeah. published, you know, in, in reputable places and actually getting paid for short stories. Um, so he's a pretty well-respected writer and fiction editor. Um, from back in the day, he's long gone. He's he's not been with us for a very long time. But uh, Jeff Wedding contacted his estate to get the rights to the short story American Gothic, and he obviously expanded it uh, in content for a feature film. Oh wow! Um, I did not know that. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Okay. So it is an adaptation, a legit adaptation of. I just knew it was an adaptation because it said it in the credits. Right. That, that's as far as my research <laughs> went. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and it also you you mentioned it being shot. Well, actually, in Tennessee, in Tennessee proper, yeah. it's uh, pretty close to Manchester. I think is okay. where they where they shot it in a place called Viola. Oh, I said okay, like I even know where Manchester is. It's in Tennessee. Okay, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's where yeah. they have Bonnaroo and all that oh, stuff. Okay. So it's yeah, pretty on the map. Gotcha. Like I would think a listener might have an idea of where Manchester, Tennessee, is. Yeah. A synopsis. Oh. What is this? What is Tennessee Gothic about? Shot in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a pretty simple story. Um, about this father and son who find this uh, girl um, who's been kind of beaten, abused on the side of the road, bring her back to stay with them, and shit goes bad after that. Yes, that's actually pretty good. The um, The official synopsis of this film gives away quite a bit. So you, oh, actually, you actually left a little bit of mystery yeah. because the official synopsis gives away like some of the plot twists and whatnot. I will say, from the get-go, I always think about this in movies where uh, a young woman is injured and people take them into their home. Mm -hmm. Imagine if instead of a young woman, she was like a 55-year-old obese man. Right, yeah. They would just call the police yeah. slash a, uh, an ambulance and be like, right. I found there's an injured some, person on the side of the road. Dude on the road. He may or may not be dead. <laughs> I mean, shit, fuck if I know. But it's a, it's a very attractive young woman, and it's like, oh... Get in the car, honey, yeah. and let's go back to my house, and we'll feed you and uh, oh, bond that, with you. That, that's one thing I took note of watching the movie. He, this this man doesn't even take a second to pause. I've never seen a guy <laughs> hit <laughs> swerve over to the side of the road so fast. Right. I don't know how he, because he comes kind of over a hill. I don't know how he even saw her before that, but he quick yes. hit that turn onto the side of the road <laughs> hopped out of that truck i'm pre i don't even know if he put it in park i mean and uh, you know maybe that was uh 
you know, on purpose by the filmmakers a little yeah, bit. because That's kind of what I figure. But uh, the cast of characters, we have Paul. Good who, old Paul. Yes, who, yeah. who is the, the patriarch of this duo. And then we have a son who is Caleb. And the young woman that they pick up is named Sylvia. Sylvia, yes. yes. Yeah. That, that trio kind of is the main thrust of the movie. Right, yeah. We are neglecting, uh, I guess there should be like a trigger warning in case you decide to watch this movie uh, to, while listening to us uh, before listening to the podcast. Uh, we'll try not to spoil this way too much until the very end. But um, th- this does open with a rape scene. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and I feel like a lot of people, I, I did a cursory search and I feel like a lot of people didn't really mention up front that there that is there was one yeah. literally a rape scene that opens this film. So you know if that's something you're kind of sensitive about, and um, and, and I'll go on record as saying it wasn't super tasteful. It's kind of in the the it's kind of a grindhouse esque take on it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's um, uh, so yeah, a little bit of a trigger warning. That's how we start out, and then there's a total tonal shift. Like we have this very visceral that- rape scene, and then it just becomes a sex comedy after that. It really does. And that that's what kind of threw me off at first watching it after that. Because it, it does. It sets up a very specific tone at the beginning because you're like, oh, this could, this could be a rough movie. Yeah. And then immediately after that, it's, it just switches gears. Mm-hmm. And to the point that you're like, are they deliberately doing this? Right. Or is this just bad filmmaking? Right. Well, that, that, and that's something I guess we should say up front. <laughs> Like, how did you feel about this movie? Like, what's your experience with it? Had you seen it before? We... I hadn't, no. Oh, wow. So we both... Okay, so just for the record, we picked this movie specifically because it's literally called Tennessee Gothic, and it's shot in Tennessee. Right. So we thought, oh, this is a slam dunk for the first episode because we are we want it to be about the South, and we are literally from Middle... T- are you from Middle Tennessee? Yeah, I'm yeah. straight from right here. I, I thought you were, yeah. yeah. We, we are both from rural Middle Tennessee, so it felt like the most authentic movie we could possibly pick to kick it off. Um, yeah. So we picked it sight unseen a little bit. Right. Because I originally, it was a Kickstarter mm-hmm. or Indiegogo thing. And I saw it on there and was like, shot in 16 millimeter and it's in Tennessee horror movie. And I pre-ordered the Blu-ray. And I've had yeah. it, you know, for a year or two, however long it's been out. Just never got around to it. And when we were discussing this... It popped into my head, so I was like, I guess we'll Let's go, go for it. It balls out. Um, and how did you feel about it? I would say I did like it. Yeah. Uh, it took me, like like we were just talking about, it took me a minute to get into it because of that. I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't, other than pre-ordering that Blu-ray, I didn't know much about it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting the whole horror comedy thing, um, so that kind of threw me through a loop. But I'm also a huge horror comedy, so you know I can pretty roll with it pretty good usually. Mm-hmm. So after after getting into the you know getting into that shift of okay this this, this is what this movie is, I actually enjoyed it. It was it was kind of hilarious, really uh, super inappropriate in a lot of <laughs> ways, but it was funny. I, yeah. I thought, yeah. What'd you think? I, I I'm trying to be generous because I feel like <laughs> I I do feel like. I want to support an indie filmmaker. I I really sympathize that this was micro budget. I mean, yeah. this is probably extremely modest budget, low budget movie. And obviously I'm rooting for anyone from Tennessee and Tennessee filmmakers. But honestly, I, I just could not 
I couldn't really get into it. And I feel like because it was so much of a sex comedy, there was a part of me that was just really wanting horror elements or more grindhouse esque uh, tone uh, because it opens. And I thought that's what they were going to go for was this is going to be, you know, revved up uh, visceral grindhouse style. This is, I spit on your grave style stuff. And then, uh, in a way, I kind of like the tonal shift that it just becomes like this farce. It's like a sex comedy after that. And it becomes sort of a sex triangle. I wouldn't even call it a love triangle of the paw, Caleb, his son, and Sylvia. And then eventually a reverend <laughs> yeah. gets into the mix. So there's there's kind of a love rectra- rectangle, I guess. Right. That becomes the spine of the movie, pretty much, is just all these characters having sex with each other and who is kind of coming out on top. Like who does Sylvia actually like the most and who is she just placating with sex? You know, it becomes kind of a question. I think all these men are kind of looking at each other going, ah, you know, does she like you more? Does she like me more? Uh, Yeah. I just, I kind of feel like it doesn't work on any level because it doesn't really pick um, the tone you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, to me, it doesn't really quite work as a sex comedy because it's not enough comedic stuff happening. Like I feel like the Reverend is the only kind of funny character. And frankly, the way he has sex with Sylvia yeah. is fu- is humorous. And I think it actually works as a sex comedy bit. But the and the horror aspects are so subdued and non-existent through most of the movie that I don't feel like it works as a horror movie. Um, Because it doesn't even really have like a gothic feel for the most part. Because I kept kind of thinking, well, maybe they're going for Southern Gothic and it's a little more, you know, nuanced and everything. But I I didn't really get that a whole lot either. So, yeah, I think by not kind of picking a lane, it's like everything was muted for me. So it didn't really work on any level for me. It's not that I hated it so much. Um, And I'll be honest, I, I did feel a little bit like they were exploiting the female lead a little bit where it was just gratuitous shots of her body and lingering. Uh, there's a scene where she is greased up with pig fat and <laughs> that, it's, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. And it's yeah. funny on paper and, and like, I get the humor of it, but they linger so long on her naked body dripping with oil that I'm like, I kind of question the intent of the filmmakers sometimes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it kind of made me think like, what am I watching here? Like, is this, does this want to be uh, like funny or does it want to be just like tintillating? And that's all they're really going for is like, is the throwback to an era where, you know, Roger Corman was like every 10 minutes you need to have boobs or blood. Right. Yeah. And they're kind of going for that where they're kind of jump starting the audience every now and then with some, yeah, you know, some nudity and, I don't know, man. I, just, uh... I think it was kind of a mixture of those, like in that Corman style of sex comedy with stuff mm. like uh, screwballs and things like that, where it's just, you know, some silly humor and then a lot of nudity. I do agree, because it was kind of like I said, uh, with that first tone that they set, that's kind of what I thought it was going to be. I was really thinking it was going to be a much more serious movie, but I am a big horror comedy fan, so I was able to get into it after that. Yeah, but it, it was kind of disappointing at first, not getting what I thought we were going for, because I, I was expecting something more. I, I'm trying to think of a movie that would be kind of specific, just some of that Southern fried like 
uh, horror style exploitation type right. thing is what I thought we were getting. But I do love sex comedy, so you know. <laughs> I will say this is a common complaint for me or observation for me on Half Ass Horrorcast, so I'm sorry to be a broken record. But I do think this would have been a lot stronger as a short subject if this had been, say, a 20 minute uh, part of an anthology film. I think it would have been a lot stronger because they could have bypassed some of those tonal shifts uh, and made them more condensed. Mm-hmm. Like the tonal shifts, I think, would have worked better in a short subject versus stretching this out for an hour and a half. Because right. sometimes I did feel like the sexual uh, encounters were a little bit of filler. It felt like they had to pad the story a little bit. So it's like instead of dialogue or something to pad it, they were like, oh, we'll just show this you know, gorgeous woman naked yeah. for you know, uh, an extra five minutes of the movie to kind of pad it out. That's one thing I thought while watching I was like, there's so much fucking in this movie. Yeah. There is a lot. They got to be sore. They got to be tired. <laughs> My God. Because it, it is. There There was a whole lot of that. I mean, I think there was like two two different montages of just like sex yes. scenes. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> how yeah. many How many of those do you need? Right. And, and some of it I, I think was purposeful for the story uh because we yeah. you kind of get like a nice uh just to backtrack there is a reverend that gets inserted into this mix because basically he threatens to go to the authorities and say hey you have apparently she's a minor which is makes it weird also yeah um, that, that's a point i was like oh that's yeah what? I, absolutely oh i thought sylvia and caleb were supposed to be say 2021 20, not yeah. 17 and which i guess is what they're saying is that they were young uh, late teens type of situation yeah it never really goes other than saying that caleb is young it never really gives you know any specification if he's under 18 or just right. over 18 but from and how they even know her age when she's just some random person but apparently the assumption is that she's underage and they're gonna get authority take her back to an i guess like an orphanage right which i mean paul claims that they've had this big conversation about going to an orphanage and how she hates orphanages and stuff i don't recall that when he when he said those things i was like i don't remember them saying anything about an orphanage but maybe he was just covering his ass because he wanted her to stay at his farm so he just made up a, a line of bullshit there, there really was uh i mean it was just like a throwaway line where she does mention something about being in a uh orphanage in a you know, orphanage or something at mm-hmm. one point. Um, it wasn't some big conversation. It was yeah. just like a kind of throwaway line. But yeah, I, I don't know if that's what he was talking about or <laughs> if he, he kind of just, you know, went into like, oh, we, you know, we spent three days talking right. about it type thing. Mm-hmm. But And then, you know, the Reverend, from his initial mm-hmm. intro, we know that he's a little off and probably corrupt. I mean, we, 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 mean, we meet him urinating on a tree on Pa's property. <laughs> And he's farting. There's a lot, of, you know. He's he's peeing and farting, and uh, so so we know that he's not a proper uh, reverend or minister, right? Um, but when he meets Sylvia, she immediately seduces him. I mean, there's no real uh, getting around. She's very femme fatale in, in the take, mode of well, that. Well, as far as the reverend goes, it didn't take much, right? I don't think it was going to take much, anyways. Right. But yeah, he was he was down from the get go, right? Almost like that was his intent from the first place to come and threaten them. But. So, yeah, and it, become, it becomes sort of a little thread of these men exploiting her for her sexuality, right? Because we have the reverend saying, once a week I'm coming over or I'm going to the authorities. And Paul and Caleb agree to it. I mean, the, Caleb resists, resists a little bit, but 
he's kind of fine with it as long yeah. as he gets his. Right? Yeah, he's like, no. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. And uh, Paul kind of resists the idea of having sex with her for a little while, but inevitably he succumbs to it. Yeah. Succumbs to it. So yeah, it just becomes this thing of these three men exploiting her. And you're, as a viewer, you're kind of questioning how much is she in on this, right? Like, how much is she being exploited and how much is she kind of exploiting these guys? It, you know, it kind of becomes a question as you're watching it a little bit, I thought. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It definitely has that undertone. And I thought that was where a lot of the horror would end up coming in. But it's just like, what is her motivation and all this? What, what's, what else is going on here? Because it's more, it's going to be more than just this. Right. So. Well, and, and, uh, there's a little subplot with uh, a character named Ronnie, <laughs> who is uh, like this uh, shit kicker, pseudo badass, who is a friend and relative of uh, characters that she kills in the opening sequence. The- these characters are raping her. They're redneck stereotypes, and uh, they're they're uh, you know holding her down, raping her. She manages to get the upper hand and murders them. And Ronnie is, uh, discovers their bodies and decides he's going to go seek vengeance on her. Um, by the way, there's never any reports of any kind of police presence or anyone else in the mix. Yeah, um, no, you know, the two people were murdered in a creek in Middle Tennessee or, you know, Tennessee, and uh, no one's really too concerned about it other than Ronnie. And we kind of have a byline of, or this thread of Ronnie with uh he has like this ridiculous music theme I, that's what i <laughs> that's why i left when you mentioned him they had that it's just it, it reminded me of in halloween five you know the cops that have oh, their ridiculous yeah, you right yeah. it reminded me of that where every time he comes on screen it has this like heavy metal type music right. playing it's the same riffs over and over yeah. it reminded me of that and and i and I think it was supposed to be funny. I, I, like, it was one of those things where I was like, are they trying to be badass or are they trying to be funny? Like, I, I, <laughs> again, I think that's where they, they can't quite hit the tone. So uh, they would probably claim I'm an idiot, which is also true. But uh, <laughs> like, I, 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 I was like, I can't tell if I'm supposed to be laughing at this or if I'm supposed to be like, yeah, he is a badass. I should be, I should be fearful for the characters that he's going to catch up with them. That's, well, see, I was kind of like that at first too. Yeah. But with the first time, I was kind of like, do they is that supposed to be cool like that's kind of that's <laughs> right. kind of cheesy but after yeah. like the fifth time like oh okay yeah, it's, it's a joke yeah it's a joke yeah i will say for the you know we're talking about authenticity of southernness uh i thought the county store clerk was spot on i thought i thought that guy was great that was easily my I'm pretty favorite sure i'm pretty movie. sure he's helped me at a store at some point <laughs> right right <laughs> i mean like if you live in this area like you've met this guy before there's a a little a clerk at a little country store and he interacts with several characters or a couple characters and he's just pitch perfect i mean i honestly want to see a movie featuring that guy yeah, running into some kind of story? weird yeah. supernatural thing the thread with ronnie i kind of appreciated because you think this oh this is where it's kind of a revenge plot right. and he's going to catch up with these guys and he's going to terrorize them at this house. Cause they're in the secluded farm. And I, I kind of pictured that being the last act as he catches up with them and you know, he's holding people at gunpoint and you know what I mean? Yeah, like that yeah. type of thing. Definitely felt like he was going to be a part of the climax yeah. for sure. But as we get into spoilers, um, he is not. They, they, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah. They, 
that resolves itself very quickly. Yeah, but Ronnie shows up at the farm. He tracks them down with a little bit of help from the clerk we mentioned earlier who's interacted with Caleb and kind of knows that there's a young woman staying at the farm. Um, Ronnie shows up, and I forgot exactly who he he gets killed. He gets killed very Caleb abruptly. Caleb just shoots him in the back with yeah. a shotgun. And then they just burn him in a bonfire. Boom. We never hear of it again. Nothing. <laughs> Reverend comes over while they're burning the body and everything. Yeah. Nobody else mentions it. Soon as that body's in the fire, it's like, what? Yeah. It's, it's crisis averted. And and that was, even though I, I you know, you, when you watch a movie, you kind of write it in your head. And uh, I appreciated that turn. I thought that was really funny and well done. Yeah, it was. The yeah. abrupt killing. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a good call, for sure. <laughs> Especially when they're going for that comedy, it definitely yeah. it was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> that was the, the clerk and that part were the highlights for me. And then some of the other stuff, just I kind of was shrugging, going, I can't tell what I'm supposed to feel here. Like I can't quite get a handle on this. Well, since we, I guess since we're getting into spoilers, yes, we were talking about the tone, because uh, it does. It does like a lot of good horror comedies. It does shift into horror. I mean, it's like the last ten minutes, but yeah. it does shift into horror. What did you think about it? In that, what do you think about the ending? I, I'll be honest. I think that this should have went into the area of something like a simple plan, mm-hmm. and it it the folly is that all these yokels are exploiting this young woman, and then she kind of gets the upper hand on them. And she ends up with the farm and, you know what I mean, living there, kind of going, yeah, you, like I, I kind of used you guys and you guys ended up getting jealous and killing each other, or, you know, that sort of thing. And then she ends up on top in that way. Because I felt like the, spoiler, succubus angle was a really weak and really not very well explored and hinted at very much. Like, like if they were going to do the succubus thing, I think it would have been interesting if, you know, they kind of mentioned that the, the farm is falling into disrepair because uh-huh. they're so, they're just constantly fucking around the clock. So yeah, yeah. they're not getting any of their chores done and everything. I would have liked to have seen some of that a little bit more. They have one little sequence where the, some of the chickens have like cannibalized each other because they're not feeding them right. anymore. Um, I would just, I, I think it would have been cool to see more of that, like stuff kind of, you know, harvest kind of withering, actually showing them getting rid of livestock because they're like, I can't take care of this anymore. We're just going to get the money and yeah. not worry about it. Because uh, they mentioned that in dialogue and voiceover. There's clunky voiceover that kind of informs you uh, at certain points in the movie. So yeah, like I, to me that fell flat and was very silly. Again, would have worked in a short subject, I think. Mm-hmm. I think if that had been a 20-minute long segment, yeah. that could have worked a little cooler. Also, there's a, a another character. Um, <laughs> we, we forgot to mention. Yeah, the, the Reverend's wife. wife uh, she she catches on very quickly. Oh, that, she's, a, yeah. she's, she's a smart one, for yeah. sure. So smart that you kind of question why she would even be married to the Reverend in the first place. Yeah, but like, whatever. I mean, obviously, she knows that he's suspect. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't. I don't understand from that pinpoint because he's just a, the reverend's just a smarmy buffoon. But yeah, she has her wits about her and knows something's up from the second she meets, uh, what was it, Sylvia? Sylvia. Sylvia. From the moment she meets her, she knows something is up. And so, yeah, like what, what's going on there? (laughs) And she kind of, it's revealed that she's almost like a, a hammer horror hero. Like she, she kind of, you know, at the last minute, she shows up and she's like cloaked in robes, like black robes, and she has a, a bow and arrow. 
And she apparently knows how to kill uh, demons because Sylvia is revealed to be a succubus. She kills Pa. She kills him during sex. Mm-hmm. Um, there is kind of a little hint that, or it's not really a hint, it's shown that she's maybe absorbing their life force a little bit because yeah, they're getting this, sick. And I think that's like where you're talking about with the livestock and the farm mm-hmm. going, that's probably just budgetary. Right. So I think they kind of Im- inflicted that on the guys because you see them all start to they look like they're being drained of their life force mm-hmm. they have like i don't know like welts and things like that on them i think that might have just been more that more of a hint at that instead of like being able to do all the other stuff you could do with a budget yeah i will as far as the uh that ending goes i did i did like how they shifted it back uh because it was just a silly sex comedy right um that's insanely inappropriate, but uh, <laughs> just a silly sex comedy up until the point that she kills Pa, and that—that's when you see the shift into horror. And I did like that. That's when that they turned it back to horror. I wish they had done it sooner. I wish we had more horror in there, right. just like you were saying, maybe because it literally is like ten, maybe fifteen minutes before the movie's over with that it switches. Would have preferred it like thirty minute mm-hmm. till it ends or something, but. Either way, I do like that that's when they pinpointed the shift because her, you know, up until that point, she's just working on the farm. They're all having fun, having sex. But that point where she kills them, you're like, okay, we're shifting back into horror. Something's extremely wrong here. So that that tonal shift I did like at that pinpoint. And then I noticed, I don't know why it, it triggered in me, but that last scene when they're uh out in the middle of like uh, looks like a field that hasn't yeah. been tilled or something or needs or just was tilled because it's just dirt but when they're out in their field the whole time that all that's going on uh you hear the all you hear i mean you hear them talking but you just constantly hear the wind mm. and i don't know if it's because where i work out in the country a lot and you you do have those moments like if i'm not listening to something and I, you can just stand around all you hear is wind, and uh, I don't know that kind of. Sp- it, it, usually, it's peaceful, but if you let your mind wander, it can right, it can become yeah. unnerving. And I don't know. I just like that they put that in there. Uh, the ending with uh, <laughs> you know the jilted uh, reverend's wife uh, slays Sylvia. She, she murders Sylvia, uh, with the help of Caleb. Caleb eventually comes around and, yeah, uh, he, uh, cuts her head off. <laughs> yes. You know, that's a very effective way to kill a demon. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, that's kind of how we punch out is basically Caleb, uh, returning to the farm. Things kind of go back to normal. And it, but there's, there, <laughs> that's one thing that I thought was kind of ridiculous in it. Cause it has this whole narration after he kills, cuts off Sylvia's head. Right. It has this whole narration of him talking and it ends with him being like, no, I would have done it all over again. Yeah. It's like, yeah. His, his dad what? died. He was exploited. And uh, yeah, like he's just yeah. like, no, it was a good life. I've done but, it good. But maybe, you know, that was kind of the tongue in cheek humor is that this, so, this yeah. guy is kind of a yokel and, uh, yeah, you know, he's still in a weird way, enjoyed himself all that yeah. time. Uh, and he has fond memories that, they do a, a decent job of trying to cut it to make it look like Sylvia and Caleb actually have something of a real relationship and they actually enjoy yeah. each other's company a little bit. One thing as a fan of EC Comics and 
uh, Tales from the Crypt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for some comeuppance. Like the Reverend never gets any comeuppance. Caleb never really gets any true comeuppance. I mean, his dad gets killed. Yeah. Pa obviously is murdered, so he gets right. his comeuppance. But otherwise, it kind of feels like Sylvia uh, just gets straight up killed at the yeah. end <laughs> when she was the one being exploited the whole time. Like we're told she's a succubus and she's a demon, but like she was exploiting them, but really they were exploiting yeah. her. If she had been a normal girl, they were exploiting Absolutely. the hell out of her. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, there was there was especially I don't know, especially the Reverend. Yeah. He was just he was kind of pretty de- degenerate from the start. Right. So you feel like they would get something, but no. Well, it's, it's all kind of <laughs> <laughs> real quick before we punch out and you know give like a, a score for this or rating recommendation. Um, what about the Southern stuff? Like, what, did it feel authentic to you as a Southern movie? There were, there were some of it that felt kind of, uh, stereotyping. Right. But also with it being, uh, a comedy angle, I think they were, I think that was kind of deliberate, but then also I've, everybody in this movie, except for the succubus, yeah. I've kind of <laughs> met, right. like you, you've seen them around. Yeah. So it, it wasn't completely, I mean, if you're looking at it, in a way of just saying, oh, this is what Tennessee is. No. Right. But those people definitely exist here. (laughs) I think you're totally right. I mean, as a farce, which I think this was for the most part, deliberately, by the way, I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. I think they're going for farcical comedy in a lot of ways. I I think the Southerness worked. Uh, Pa, every now and then, would say something where I'm like, come on, dude. Like, even in a screwball comedy, I feel like he's going too far. One time he says uh, her nipples were as erect as shotgun shells. <laughs> and like, even though it, it, it stuck in my mind and it made me laugh, there was a part of me that's like, no one would ever say, like, uh, this is screwball comedy territory for sure. Yeah. There's also literally a point where I, w- I think it was the point that I was like, oh, okay, this is a comedy. Where he first finds, after he first finds her, brings her home, he opens up her shirt to see if there's like any wounds and he just sees her in her bra and he audibly gulps. He's like, mm-hmm. it's like really come on so so yeah like some of the southernness maybe not super authentic but like adam said i mean like we have to concede that we have met all these people at some point for sure to include ronnie i've i've met these shit kicker type dudes around here too yeah yeah that i i'm pretty sure all of them have that like heavy metal riff oh, playing in their head for right. sure. And, and the beard. Like yeah. that beard is like standard issue for a shit kicker in middle <laughs> Tennessee right now. What, what, what rating would you give it? I guess we'll still give it like a, you but know, like a, a through F type a of thing. Um, yeah. And would you recommend it? I would recommend it with caveats to yes. it for sure. It is, it is definitely a low budget movie. So if you're yeah. looking for something that's going to be like, a big production you're not gonna get it um there is some trigger warnings with like you know there's a rape scene uh there's a lot of sex there, if you're sensitive there, about that stuff I there mean, is it's not so, for you there is so much sex in here um this, this, midsommar has nothing on this movie <laughs> so stuff like that and if you don't like horror if you don't like sex comedies in general yeah because the, that ultimately where i think we both went into it thinking it was southern horror there is horror elements but it's basically a sex comedy yeah um with with those caveats yeah i'd say you know give it a watch and a rating i'd say probably um a c yeah i think that's pretty fair uh 
I, I wouldn't recommend this. <laughs> like, Stay the I, fuck away from this yeah, movie. I mean, I just, I would feel guilty recommending this to someone, even with the caveats. I, you know, I would, as a horror movie, I would definitely give this like an F plus where it's like not the worst thing I've ever seen by any stretch of the imagination. But as a sex comedy, I would probably give it a C. If you if you're into uh, Porky's and throwback sex comedies of the 80s, you could probably do worse than this movie. I mean, this probably will give you like the nostalgia vibes for sex comedies of that era. Um, but yeah, as a horror movie, no, I, I, I can't recommend it. Uh, although, I, oh, really quick, I did want to say you mentioned it. The cinematography is pretty great. I mean, the, the, yeah, the, with the sixteen millimeter. Yeah, the, um, that that. I think uh, Eric Stans or something like that You're is right. his name. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's also a director in his own right. He really, was, he did. He was the DP, and yeah, I guess him. Him. I have, I don't think I've ever seen. I know he made. He's made a few movies. Yeah. Um, nothing that I can think of right off the top of my head. Well, Some stuff with the uh, Sylvia character in it too. Really, like I believe they wrote collaborated. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that I mean, I thought the cinematography was terrific. I thought the sound editing was pretty great, and um, the uh, the acting was competent. Like there there was not that many moments where I was like, these are amateur actors. They felt right. like very good, you know, established acting uh, for me. That's one thing I will say. Anytime you're watching anything that has like a low to no budget, yeah. the things that usually go first is the audio and the acting. And I think both all both of those were good, yeah. you know, or serviceable in this movie. So uh, Holler King's, our first uh, score, I guess I'll say it's a D plus. Because we'll yeah. you're, you're giving it a C, I'm giving it an F plus. Yeah. I feel kind of guilty now after we just praised <laughs> so much about it. I mean, well, you're, you're going that based on... How a horror movie on yeah. the horror and the story to ye- for you. So, I mean, I don't think there's nothing to feel guilty about. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, again, there's a lot. There's a lot to this. This is not a stinker where someone just crapped it out to make a quick buck. I mean, th- this is yeah. Legit I could definitely filmmaking. name some of those for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. No. I, I trust me. I can be brutal about uh, <laughs> some of those type movies, <laughs> I, especially I, I if could, it's southern I could angle. See, yeah. I could see the movie titles coming in your head. Right. Just right. Yeah. yeah. If you would this like to different. check it out, check it out. Yeah. It's up to you. You can rent, uh, what is it, Vimeo? Yeah. You can rent it or buy it on there. That's know? how I did it. It was only yeah. two bucks, so I don't feel too guilty about yeah, throwing them a couple cheap. bucks. Yeah. 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 So if you, if this sounds like something you'd like to see, watch it. You know, <laughs> go on Vimeo yeah. and rent it. If you have nostalgia for sex comedies, yeah. kind of a bygone all? era. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you don't really get them that yeah. much anymore. Don't you think I'm psycho, mom? You can pour me a cup If you think I'm psycho, mama Better let them lock me up So I had the idea of, since you're new to the listeners, people, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've had a podcast for several years and you've only been in on a couple times, so listeners might be curious about your personality. I'm going to end every episode for a while uh-huh. with some questions for you. Oh, okay. okay. So getting to know you type questions. The first set of questions uh-huh. are the ones that James Lipton used to ask on inside the actor's studio. <laughs> yes. All right. So get ready. Okay. And put, put on your uh, getting to know you hat. <clears throat> Adam, what is your favorite word? My favorite word. Yes. Mm. 
well, when you break down the vocabulary of a dictionary, probably fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. What about your least favorite word? Least favorite word. Hmm. It would have to be something that I have difficulty pronouncing, so I probably couldn't mm. pronounce it. I can't think of a word specifically right off the top of my There's head. There's not a word that someone says that just irritates you when they bring it up. Like you know, a lot of people will get upset when you say moist, and they're like, oh, yeah, "I can't no. stand that." And like, yeah, like, no, why? there's, there's nothing like that unless you just got into stuff that's like general words that everybody hates, like right. you know, derogatory type stuff. Sure. But no, there's nothing specific where I'm like, "Oh God, I hate that word." Mm. Not that I can think of anyways. What turns you on? Oh. Mm. What turns me on? The sound of your voice. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) How about uh, what turns you off? Assholes. There you go. What noise do you love? Ooh, that could be the turn on thing. Let me think about this. (laughs) What noise do i love there are those times where i love no sound at all oh silence yeah i get it yeah Yeah. it's nice it's nice at times yeah it's peaceful quiet right i you know i I started uh a lot of times i won't like turn on the radio when i'm driving and stuff and i'll just kind of like yeah yeah oh i got the turn on you ever seen return of the living dead three yes Linda Clark, yeah, there oh. you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, so you meant a sexual turn on. I would have said creativity. Oh, <laughs> that's my turn on. Boom. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did we get into what noise do you hate? Um, no, we did not get into that. I would say going back to our job, the sound of a metal door slamming shut. Ooh, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, we both moved on from corrections, by the way. I don't yes. want to give the viewers or the listeners the impression that we still do it. But, uh, you know, a sound I hated associated with that was when I first pulled up and I could hear everybody from the outside. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I could hear inside all the inmates screaming and laughing and all that stuff. And yeah, you're, just, you're, you're making that walk <laughs> into the building and you just think, oh, Lord. This, this is a little redundant, but what's your favorite curse word? Oh, you said your favorite word, word was fuck. Yes. So I'm going to go with shit. <laughs> <laughs> what profession other than your own would you love to attempt? Oh, it's easy. Filmmaking. Yeah. What, yeah. what, at what level, what would you like to do most in filmmaking? Probably directing. Really? Yeah. 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 I think I'm not talented enough for the other stuff. No, oh, but, but you could step in and tell people yeah, like, be oh, like, this hey, is what I want. <laughs> Another thing, not to keep drawing it back to our former job, but it, it really gets you into a good vibe of just being decisive and be like, yeah. okay, this is what we're doing. We'll make this decision. You do that. Yeah. You have to stick to it as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, what profession would you never do? Fluffer, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Fluffer, uh, once again, bringing it back to sexuality. I would have I said <laughs> politician. Oh, really? I never would want to be a politician. You know... I feel like that would be a pretty frustrating job. Mm. I would I wouldn't be completely against it. Speaking seriously, because uh, I would totally be a fluffer. Um, <laughs> I think. Gotta uh, do what you gotta do. I think honestly, like 
I have the utmost respect for anybody that works retail. I think that job would be horrible yeah. to have to do, to yeah. deal, especially deal with people. People have a tendency to be awful. Um, Absolutely. So that'd be, that'd be a rough job. I, I feel like that'd be kind of hard. You're, you're okay bypassing that one. Yeah. Adam. Yes. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those heavenly gates? Um, you know what? We lost your file, so you can just get in. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to skirt by. No, no, like, welcome home, or you did good. Um, you don't really expect those things. No, I wouldn't expect that. <laughs> Not at all. No, honestly, genuinely, probably like, eh, you weren't perfect, but you didn't murder anybody. It's fine. Come on. Uh, Come in. Yeah. You're doing better than a lot of people. Yes, yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. You're fine. You... You did some stupid shit, but there's nothing. It didn't tear the fabric and time apart. Mm. You're fine. That's all I got. Is there anything those, else? Those are the last of the questions. Oh, From okay. there on out, they're going to get a little more esoteric. I'm going to start coming up with my own questions. I thought about going to Craig Kilborn. Remember back in the Daily yeah. Show when he yeah. would do five questions at the end? Uh-huh. I thought about maybe sourcing them from there and kind of just hitting you with some weird questions at the end of every episode. So I'm down with it. There you have it. First episode of Holler Kings. In the books. Boom. Let us know on social media through Half-Ass Horrorcast. Uh, that's where this will, the feed will be for this show. And uh, if you have any suggestions for Southern movies you'd like us to review, please feel free to slide into our DMs and let us know. Yeah, we're completely open. Yeah, very open. We have, we have a lot in mind, and we have a slew to kind of keep us going for a while. But obviously, there's going to be things we overlook and... We're totally open to indie filmmakers or obscure things, that sort of thing. So Yeah, absolutely. Especially indie. Bring yeah. bring on the indie. I love it. Yeah. So anything you got in mind, let us know. Good to go. Holler at your boys. Oh hell. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm psycho, don't you, mama? Mama. Mama, why don't you get up? Say something to me, mama. Mama, why don't you...